Hi, everyone. It's Michelle with Studio City Now. And today my guest is Clayne Wayman. And this is our second podcast. And I'm so excited. Hi, Clayne. <laughs> hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, I am Michelle. doing great. Good. I hear it. Oh, I'm great, too. Just working away. I, I'm loving the shift in the fall. I had the thing for the fall weather. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. And- you're doing what? Everything got so garbled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm saying I love the shift into fall. There's something that I have a, a love for the fall season. Oh, isn't it wonderful? It's like, it's crisp. It smells good. It rained here yesterday. Yes. Yeah. And the kids are good. This is. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, we've been really fortunate. My, my four little girls are doing great. They're good, good health and. Uh, so far, they've been pretty good in school this season. So great, yeah, yeah. My daughter's doing great. She's a bit older. Yeah, I know. It's like, how could she be over twenty when I'm only twenty-five? <laughs> exactly. You have a super great point. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that reverse math. It is. It is. It's and it's like wine too. You know. Yeah, uh, you know they say you know some people age like wine, but I I think wine actually is getting younger with age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least that's what I feel better. like after drinking a bottle, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, last time we talked about living in a polygamous family. Yes. And um, oh my gosh, that was interesting. I actually I work for a family law attorney. And mm-hmm. I said, listen to this. He's like, I don't have time. And I said, no, listen to it. So he yeah. did. He was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you had mentioned United Order. Yes. So um, what exactly is that? Yeah, that's another fun topic. So the, two of the crowning principles of this religion is, what, at least what I was raised with, was the polygamy or plural marriage or plural celestial marriage. And then there's the celestial law of economics. And the celestial law of economics is referred to as the United Order. Mm -hmm. And the United Order encompasses many things. And throughout the years and the history of the church, there's been different opinions of what all that means. But what it effectively means to make it the most simplest way is it's communism with a new new label. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. In fact, it's supposed to be God's run communism, except the word communism is not used, though instead it's called the United Order. And the whole idea, the founder of Joseph Smith, when he came up with the United Order, was there to be no rich or no poor among you. And on the surface, that sounds pretty dang amazing. And what one thing that I'd like to share, just to bring context to the United <laughs> Order, as we as we dig deep in it, I think it's important to share kind of the the overarching context of Mormonism as far as the the basic ideology that kind of just holds the whole thing together. Like there's some extreme things that might happen, like you know, polygamy united order if we dig into it. But here, here, here's the overarching context. And that is here you have the founder where the whole philosophy is everybody's wrong but me. I'm the right one. And you must follow me. And if you don't follow me, you're going to go to hell. You're going to burn in hell. You're you're not going to have your eternal salvation like with God. And so there's all these two. So that's the kind of the context is, is if you want to 
if you want to live in the highest kingdom mm-hmm. with God, the celestial kingdom, you live the celestial law. And the celestial law of marriage, and then there's the celestial law of economics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so the celestial law of economics is basically where it is the, what they call it. They also refer to it as the law of consecration. So the the United Order is the law of consecration, where you consecrate all your assets and everything. And so for me as a kid, everything is on the table when it comes to the United Order. And as a kid, what that meant was in my household, since my father was my priesthood connection to God, uh, I was pulled out of school at 13 years old to work full time with an uncle. And keep in mind, I was homeschooled. So I was pulled out of homeschool, uh, you know, three months before turning 14. And uh, we worked for this uncle doing flat work concrete, where all the income that was earned from that was turned into my father. And it was turned into my father because, you know, he was the head of the family. And that was, quote, the correct principle or end quote, or the correct way to live United Order, where all the funds went to the head of the house. Now, since then, the the church itself, known as the work of Jesus Christ, one of the fundamental versions of uh, Mormonism, mm-hmm. they have their official version of the United Order now, where it's implemented from the, the hierarchy of the church itself. But when I was first introduced to the United Order, it was first lived in my family, and then later the church implemented their version of the United Order. And there's been few versions throughout the history of Mormonism. In fact, Joseph Smith tried to implement it and Brigham Young and so on and so forth uh, all the way to present time. And so even today, the church that I had left, they still practice the United Order. The, the mainstream LDS church, to my knowledge, doesn't practice the United Order because, you know, it's, it's very controversial, just like polygamy, because effectively you're pledging all your assets to the church entity and they get to decide who gets what. So you work your butt off for houses and cars and assets, and they might come in and say, you know what, Charles, um, I think you need to sell the, you know, your 1987 pickup truck that you love, and you need to go give it to so-and-so. And the church official, the uh, United Order that they're running now, is it's a, it's a little bit different where the church doesn't necessarily control the assets. They let the people control it, but they're still pledged as far as, hey, they might call on you. But they do require, instead of your 10% tithing, they now require a 15% tithing to be in the good old boys United Order program. But it, it's very expansive. So, I'll, I mean, growing up, the version that I lived was turning in the money. But even further than that, uh, there were a couple of uncles that, for whatever reason, they were sterile. They couldn't have babies. Hmm. And so, uh, for example, there was one uncle that uh, couldn't have babies. And uh, four of my siblings was given up shortly after birth to that uncle. They were just adopted out shortly, shortly after birth. And my parents felt like they were living God's highest laws, you know, by giving up their own children to my uncle uh, for him to raise. And they did it in the context of the United Order. So in the United Order, the whole idea is you don't own anything, and which is so contrary to even the Bible stories, because even the in the Bible, uh, in that particular context, which I don't hold up the Bible as the authority of truth, but they still kind of look to the Bible as long as it's translated correctly, they say. But even the Bible, it talks about God made everything. God made the earth and uh, so forth. And so 
the whole United Order premise is you go earn money or you or whatnot, and you need to give it to God's church. And my whole thinking of becoming an adult is if God already owns all this stuff, why do I need to give more to the one that already owns it all anyway? And the whole ideology or the whole teaching behind it is, oh, so it can teach you. It's to teach you so you don't, I guess, cling on to things. So uh, that makes no sense, though. And I know. Yeah. I know. It's communism. It's it's communism with a new name is is a is effectively what it is and it's and it's controversial for me to even say that and some of the, my family who may even listen to this podcast you know they what's crazy about it is they think that i'm their enemy they think because i talk talk this way they think i'm against them and what i would like to say to to my family and all these people that are part of it is they don't understand the basics of psychology. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how you could be so easily manipulated in psychology. They don't even understand the word psychology is something I even learned in adulthood. It's really not even talked about, about the own inner workings of who we are as a human being. It's all about mm-hmm. submission and obedience. And and the, the greatest voice you could listen to is the voice of the priesthood. Let, you know, if your intuition says, hey, this is wrong, you shouldn't be doing this. But the priesthood figure says, oh, you better do this or else. You know, and by talking about this and by publishing a book, I'm not trying to be mean to these people. I'm not trying to hurt these people. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to, sh- to shine a light to, to show people that you can be very ma- manipulated and not even realize it. And the way they yeah. keep staying inside the manipulation is this is the right way. This is the right way. It's us against the world type of type of nonsense. And Mormonism has many uh, breakups. Like you have the mainstream church that everybody looks to here in Salt Lake City. But there's many factions of Mormonism. Somebody told me that there's like 19 different breakups. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, of, of little pockets of, of Mormons. Uh, and then there's people that are what they call independents who are not even affiliated to an official organization, but still consider themselves Mormon. Mm-hmm. So, so the overarching thing about my story is I wanted to find out what was true. And so what I did is I went on a quest of discovery. I wanted to know what, what really is true. And so what I, what I kind of formed in my mind is uh, the square for whatever reason, when they do their most sacred ceremonies like their prayers or their blessings as they raise their hand to the square. The square is considered some holy symbol. And so as I began to look into psychology, what I found was the view of their world is viewed through the lens that's very square, that's very certain, that says this is how it is and that's it. There's an answer for, for, for everything. And when I went on my quest of discovery, what was really astonishing for me was not only was the religion I was raised in kind of a square, I saw that society in general was just nothing more than a larger square. We all have our own have our own squareness. If I mean, look at politics right now. It's, it's <laughs> politics is so, you know, it's awful just to mention the word because no matter which, which side of the aisle you're on, they have their own square view, no matter who. 
And one of my big realizations in my awakening was there's nothing in life that forms in squares. Nothing. A flower doesn't bloom in squares. Mm -mm. Look at the fingerprints on our hands, even the formation of our fingerprints. None of those form in squares. Nothing forms in squares. And yet we build societies and even the most holy, holy temple of the Mormons when they first came to the Salt Lake Valley after fleeing. They, they spent 40 years building this temple that's this gorgeous temple of Salt Lake. And it's in a place, their great monument, Temple Square, of all dimensions of geometry. It's a square. And we, as humans, for whatever reason, we crave certainty. And so we form opinions and beliefs in a square so we can somehow, I guess, feel not, be not so threatened with the realness of the world. And what, what I've discovered is life is magical when you just see it how it is. And where all the where I see depression that happens, where I see suffering that happens, is we try to take our non-square life because you and I are life. We're life, right. and we try to squeeze it inside the prism of a square. And so that that was big, one of my big awakenings with in my as I went on my quest of discoveries. I found that discovery, true freedom, lives in discovery. And so part of my book is not just discovering that life doesn't form in squares. My religion is a very small square when I raised it. And I also show how the world we live in itself is somewhat of a square in, their, in its own way. And harmony, bliss, it all lives in something that's beyond a square. I mean, if you want to look, like, look at happiness, you know, it, does, is happiness only found in a square certain? It, it it's it's not it cannot be defined inside inside a square, and so I I take people on a journey uh, in my in my book of my quest of discovery, and there's some very provocative things. There's some things in that book that my family's going to find out about myself for the very first time. They're going to be like, oh my, oh. they're yeah, they're going to lose their marbles, so to speak, when they. And read the name of your book, the name of your book again is. You know, I haven't officially made the announcement, but so this is kind of new that I get to mention the book for the second time on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's Echoes of Resounding Love, a true story of a polygamous kid's journey to spiritual awakening. Yeah, I actually um, I registered on the website. Yes. It says coming soon. Or <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So the manuscript's written and it's with my editor right now. So I should be getting it back from my editor here in a couple of weeks. And, uh, and then, and then I'll be interviewing agents and getting it with a big publisher. So now to go back a little bit and it's a little off topic, but sort of not. Yeah. Uh, Mormon, the Mormon temple is in Mormon square or temple square. I didn't even realize it took 40 years to build. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being told when it was being built, it was before electricities, before elevators. Mm -hmm. And there were these square holes in the wall for like light switches that didn't exist at the time. Yeah. And elevator shafts that didn't exist. Uh-huh. I mean, is that true or? I've never been through the temple, so I wouldn't be able to confirm. Uh, oh, okay. But uh, Nikola Tesla discovered, let's see, I mean, I'll get the... Electricity was discovered long before it was used in mainstream. 
Yeah. Oop. I heard the keyboard. Yes. <laughs> uh, first discover. I yeah, know. I was going to see if there's something up on the phone. First discover. <laughs> yeah. Nikola Tesla, the guy who died in abject poverty. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. His his shop was burned down. So. So Benjamin Franklin is uh, is credited, of course, which I guess I knew that. Uh, Benjamin Franklin's credited for uh, discovering electricity. So the temple the temple was built. What uh, it began in the eighteen hundreds. So let, so there there was the possibility. So that would have been the cutting edge technology at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's this whole thought that uh, there might have been inspiration behind it. And and here's the thing is. Every human being has access to some form of uh, inspiration because we're all connected to the cosmos, so to speak. And so what Mormons, like there's miracle, there's miracles that you can talk to about Mormons. And there's miracles that happen in Christianity. There's miracles that happen in the Native American culture. Mm-hmm. There's unexplainable events that's ha- that happen. And so what people do is they they chalk it up to, oh, see, this is proof that my one square religion is true. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, I'm not part of any uh, relig- official re- religious affiliation. And yet I have some profound uh realizations on a regular basis and so based on the ideology of my church is i'm supposed to be cut off from the divine spark so to speak because yeah, I'm, I'm an apostate and like one of the things the the prophet slash uh, apostles the head apostle of the church that when i left when i told them one of the words out of his mouth was claim could you consider something for me as you go on your journey i'm like yeah sure what was that he goes Consider that the devil has won for you. It's over for you, Clint. Yeah, that's that. That's what he said. That's what he said to me on on my parting parting phone call. And so my point is here: the inspiration that I have, they would be like, from their point of view, it'd be like, oh, it'd be the devil, the devil's whispering in his ear, you know, <laughs> type of thing. So that's another whole topic we could we could dig into. Uh, <laughs> Like the but, crusades, be a yeah, be my religion. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, very few people realize that Joseph Smith had a had a military, the Nauvoo Legion. But for whatever reason, I guess he didn't uh, engage engage with that military. They he, the whole idea was, hey, it's for our protection. <laughs> but if the, if they had if if they had enough support in them, I'm con- I'm convinced they would. Hey, if the if the United States military wasn't strong, if they could have something that's equal to the United States military, I'm convinced they would. I'd be totally convinced they would do that. <laughs> that's another conversation as well. That'll be the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So in short, the United Order is considered the economic order of heaven over the celestial law of economics. Communism. <laughs> yeah, that's another <laughs> glorious way to call it to call communism. I mean you can take um, a, a cow pie and put all kinds of delicious frosting all you want. At the end of the day, it's still a cow pie. True. Yeah, for those who don't know who the cow pie is, that's, that's, that's cow dung. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Believe it or not, a lot of people don't know. <laughs> yeah, and those who don't know what cow dung is, I'm referring to poop. <laughs> it's not doggy do by cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I'll start wrapping up, but is there yeah. anything else you think people should know about this? Uh, I would say the the path to discovery the path to or the path to freedom is discovery and don't fear don't be afraid to don't be afraid to discover belief keeps us trapped and uh discovery discovery is what releases us from prisons that we don't even know we're part of i love that well thank you so much thank you michelle and it's always great talking to you you as well thanks for having me oh but thank you again and we will do this again thanks All right. Many blessings to you. Okay, you too. Okay. Bye-bye.